Have you ever wondered why you aren't getting the results, relationships, or life that you want, or why some of your clients run into the same problems? I'm certified life coach, Lindsay Pullman, and I'm here to tell you that there's nothing wrong with you. There's just more to understand about the multifaceted beauty of the human body. I believe that being trauma-informed is an essential standard of care for coaches, and I'm here to support life coaches who recognize that there is so much more than mindset work when it comes to supporting ourselves and our clients responsibly. So glad you're here. Come on in. Hey everyone, I'm talking to you today about something I see a lot in the relationship coaching that I do. So important to understand relationship dynamics if you're doing any sort of coaching because it comes up, whether you have a client who has difficult relationships at work, different difficult relationships at home, marriage with institutions, with religions, or anything like that. And so what I'm talking to you today about is the drama triangle. Stephen Karpman developed this model of dysfunctional social interactions with three roles or positions. So this is a triangle that we're going to use, and that helps us identify and gain awareness for ourselves where we might be. And if you're a coach, where your clients might be with respect to their own relationships. Personally, I think taking in this information and applying it to yourself and not just to your clients is going to help you so much more in the way that you teach and share with your clients as well. And if you aren't a coach, you can just check in and see how this applies to you in any of your difficult relationships that you have. So again, this is called the drama triangle. And if you want to have pictures of this sent to you directly, make sure you tap the link in my show notes and you're going to get an option to subscribe to my email list. And then you can have a copy of what I'm actually talking about today. So in relationships, the way that Stephen Cartman talks about this is that we have these different positions in the drama triangle. Yes, I'm saying drama, but there are other ways that I like to think about it as well, which I will get to. Okay, so the three sides are the persecutor, the rescuer, and the victim. The persecutor side is more of a, it's all your fault, it's all their fault, it's someone else's fault. I'm going to blame somebody or something else for whatever it is that I'm not happy with, okay? So it can be passive aggressive, but it doesn't have to be passive aggressive, okay? The rescuer, it's more of a you need me position where, and a lot of us do this kind of subconsciously, where we're not super self-aware, we're very other aware. I need to save you, I need to help you, I need to fix this, I need to fix this for everyone or for others. So if you're the partner of an addict or Oftentimes, if you are in an emotionally abusive relationship, you might find yourself saying a lot of like, what did I do wrong? How do I help them get through this? And ignore any trauma that you've personally experienced. Now, if you relate to those questions or phrases I just mentioned, and you're not the partner of an addict or you're not an emotionally abusive relationship, it could just be some conditioning, right? So some conditioning, especially if you're a woman around self-blame anytime anything goes wrong, okay? So it's not always going to be indicative of being a partner of an addict or being in an emotionally abusive relationship because some of the phrases that I just mentioned, some of us have internalized that kind of stuff from younger ages. So it may have more to do with our formative relationships. 
Okay. The third point of the triangle is the victim point. Nothing's my fault. We don't take responsibility. We don't problem solve and we complain a lot. Okay. Now, these three positions can be in relationships with other people or with yourself or just in your head. So an example in relationships, if we're going to talk about these different points in the triangle, let's say we're in a rescuer position. It might sound something like this. Well, I was going to ask for help with the kids. I was going to ask my husband for help with the kids, but I can tell he's really overwhelmed. So I'm going to let him do his thing and have a break and I'll do the dishes and I'll clean up after dinner, even if you maybe have been running around like a chicken with your head cut off all day. Persecutor might sound like, oh, he didn't even notice that I gave him that time to himself. It doesn't even matter to him. He doesn't even care about me. And this can all happen in like in moments, in minutes, right? Where we start out thinking, oh, we want to rescue and help. And then he doesn't say anything. And then we turn into this like persecuting spot where we're persecuting him in our heads without him even being aware of any of it, right? Or it can easily go to a victim place where it might sound like, well, what else was I supposed to do? If I asked him to help, he would have just gotten upset and it would have been a mess, right? Now, again, these positions definitely show up in between two people when they may argue or just in our heads. So one thing to think about is like, not only can you kind of pop around in a drama triangle, it can also happen in relationship dynamics. And I, I will say like my husband and I, we've talked about this where we definitely, especially before coaching, and I'm going to say like we're human, so this probably still happens now. I shouldn't even say probably, this still happens where we may kind of bounce around a little bit when there are times where we're not super regulated, okay? And I would say that this drama triangle, another way to word it might be more of a survivor triangle. So this, you know, rescuer, persecutor, victim, those places to me come when we're in a potentially more activated state or more on that activated side of the spectrum where our nervous system isn't as regulated as it potentially could be, okay? So yes, it's been happening in relationships. And I know like when my husband had his mental health stuff, I definitely went back and forth between all of these, right? There were times where I was a rescuer. And then there were times I was pissed off at him because he looked at porn and lied to me about it. And then there were times I was just like a total victim. And I don't blame myself or any, any of it. It's just where I was given the tools that I had and didn't have at the time and given my humanity too. So I just want to say, Gaining these tools doesn't absolve us from ever being in a nervous system activated state ever again or ever kind of potentially being in a drama triangle. But observation and awareness is everything. And so just learning this tool so that you can be aware of yourself and start watching yourself more when this is happening versus just being in it and not really seeing what's happening. That is already so transformational and so many new neural pathways are being created when that happens. And so Make sure you're giving yourself a lot of grace and love and compassion as you're thinking about this specific to any of your difficult relationships, okay? So can you think of a time where you may have experienced something like this in your life with someone you know? I'd say usually it's easier to think about it or come up with these people, especially if it's someone you have like a stickier relationship with. This could be a whole other podcast episode, but you know, if you wanted to start figuring out how to differentiate between just simply being in a drama triangle with respect to your partner and maybe being a victim of emotional, physical, sexual abuse. No, there's a difference between being victimized and staying in a victim response. Now, 
Albert Ellis created the Rational Emotional Behavioral Therapy and came up with this idea that people may have one of these three unhealthy musts in their lives, okay? The three musts are, one, I must do well and win the approval of others or else I am no good. Two, other people must do, quote, the right thing or else they are no good and deserve to be punished. Three, life must be easy without discomfort or inconvenience. Now, these three musts are what are going to get you into your drama triangle, these expectations, agendas that we have for ourselves or for others, or the expectation of never having any discomfort and potential accountability or responsibility for our behavior. So again, the rescuer must do well for others' approval. The persecutor thinks that others must do the right thing or they deserve to be punished. And the victim thinks that life must be easy without discomfort. Now, Ellis uses pretty big language here, so it could be tempting to think that you don't hold these beliefs, but they really are there with a lot of people, whether it's road rage when someone cuts you off or holding on to a relationship, trying to win someone's approval when it may or may not happen. You don't have that agency there. So there's a lot of jumping or ping-ponging around in these three positions that we experience as humans. When we're in the drama triangle, we're generally in more of an offline space. And when I say offline, I mean in a space where it's not a problem-solving space. It's not a space where we're, you know, using our prefrontal cortex where we can really access that creative problem-solving part of our mind. It's generally more offline. And when we're in an offline space, we don't usually need to like solve everything, usually It's more about grounding and not necessarily figuring everything out in the moment. So it's all about bringing awareness and noticing where it shows up for you. And if you're a coach with your clients, always remember that behind a lot of these behaviors are potential pro-social trauma responses, and that's all normal. So getting caught in the triangle is a survival response and again, can be a trauma response in some cases, not all cases, not everything is trauma but it can be helpful to recognize it as a possibility, okay? Now, if you are a coach, when you present this to clients, pay attention because some people will have a response to the word drama, right? Especially if they're totally in it. They don't want to be told they're in a drama triangle. So there, there is a way to present this stuff to your clients if you're trying to teach that to them, which is something I go deeper into in my advanced relationship trauma certification for coaches. But again, pay attention to whether it makes sense to teach this context, present this context to them, or support them with some grounding technique, okay? Now, here are some ways to get out of the drama triangle. If we're in that persecutor space, we may want to go to a challenger space. This is more of an assertive role where you might challenge others and ask, tell me more about your position. Help me understand why that makes sense for you. It's more inquisitive. It's more curious. From victim mode, we want to go potentially to more of a creator space. This is a more responsible and self-aware space. Everyone has been victimized and has been the recipient of someone else's poor decisions. But if we stay in victim mode, we lose the opportunity to create new and different ways to look at things and take responsibility. Now that rescuer position it can be helpful to shift from rescuer to coach. This is more of an active listener role with more self-awareness, right? Instead of trying to fix, 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 fix your spouse's problems or all the other problems that you see, thinking that's going to make everybody feel okay, we actively listen to what people are sharing with us. 
and you can do this. Setting boundaries, which again is something I go deeper into in my programs, but just know that being an active listener doesn't equal being a doormat. That's absolutely not what I teach. <laughs> okay. This does involve self-awareness to know when those lines are being crossed and also to notice when that fix-it part of you starts kind of stepping in and being willing to set that fix-it part if that's what's coming into the side and allow that person you're interacting with space to problem solve if that's what they're wanting. And you can check in and see what it is that they want and be supportive in helping them get that while not self-betraying. Now, one thing that happens a lot of time in relational coaching is when we start becoming more aware of our behavior and drama triangles and all of this stuff, we decide we want to change things. When we're younger, we sometimes express versions of ourselves that are not necessarily our true selves. And we do that in order to survive, to fit in, to not get into trouble, to get chosen by a man. <laughs> These conditions placed upon us made sense for a time, but there usually becomes a time in adult development where we see that behaving a certain way was in alignment with maybe our value set of being included, of belonging, of surviving as children and adolescents. And now that we're adults, we might see that these same behaviors aren't quite in alignment with our true selves. And as we get more comfortable expressing these new evolved versions of ourselves, it can be confusing to see how that can parallel and work with these important relationships that we might have. And so just know that as you're changing your dance, as you're learning how to take up appropriate space, right? Take up appropriate space for who you are. It doesn't mean it's going to be cake and cookies and lollipops and dandelions and beach vacations, right? It's not going to always feel amazing. It actually might be confusing or disorienting to the people that you're around the most, especially if you're doing this in your relationship with your partner or like a family member. Usually there's some sort of homeostasis that's been working. And even though it's not ideal, when we change the homeostasis in our relationships, which happens as we change and evolve. So if people are noticing that you have changed or you have done something differently or that you are changing, and let's say you get negative feedback, doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. Okay. Oftentimes in dysfunctional relationships, when we say no to things that just don't work for us anymore, those very people are going to think of us as the dysfunctional person. They're going to think of us as the enemy. They're going to think of us as the one creating the perceived problem. Sometimes this sounds like, oh, she's not the woman that I married 20 years ago. Oh, she changed. But like when you really think about it, in what world are we trying to pigeonhole our partners to identify as who they were 20 years ago, right? We're humans on a cellular level. We become new people every seven years. There are always cells dying and always cells regenerating. It makes sense that our belief systems would evolve as well, okay? So sometimes when we get to, when we commit to getting to know and express more of our true self, there ends up being a perception mismatch of energy between you and maybe one of your tougher relationships. When this is happening, what I call this is changing the dance, okay? And when you change the dance, if you're doing a tango, let's say the tango has been really working with whoever it is that you're thinking about. If you switch to the salsa and they've never done the salsa and they're not sure they want to do the salsa, it's very likely there's going to be tripping, falling, flailing, complaining, 
And I just want you to know that just because this does happen, it doesn't mean you've done something wrong. You might just decide you're done with the Macarena for good. Like the Macarena was cool and it got old. <laughs> okay. You want to do something different. And how does that person that you're interacting with adjust? Do they have to? No. Do they want to? We'll find out. Just as it takes energy to separate two atoms of oxygen that are bonded together, it takes energy to break the bonds with people in our lives. Now, by bonds, I don't mean breaking off the entire relationship, just the parts that aren't working anymore. Maybe this means no longer listening to your mom complain about your brother. Maybe this means choosing to do something new in your life that this other person thinks is really radical or lame or wrong. And it can also be ending a relationship chapter. But again, what I want to just focus on is you letting certain behaviors of yours shut off in the name of your commitment to living in a vibration that is a closer match to your true self. I'm always for changing your dance when it allows you to be and express more of who your true self is, okay? And just know that it can be incredibly triggering for some because you and others may perceive it as a threat. And just remind yourself that this isn't always the case. And also remind yourself, if this is something you wanna do with a relationship of yours, you can do it in a very compassionate, loving way. We wanna make sure we're taking care of our nervous system and honoring that safety space as we're choosing to change that dance. Even if on the outside, it doesn't look like you've changed your dance, taking care of your nervous system is changing the dance. It's helping you, that's the inner work that you're doing on the inside that we want to be set and in a really robust place so that when the behavior changes on the outside, you know how to take care of yourself, okay? So I'm all about changing the dance in relationships. And, you know, I will say for my partner and I, I, we both keep changing our dances and we're both willing to adjust to each other's new dances. And it's been really beautiful. Okay. And I'll say, I haven't always loved it. There have been times when he has changed the dance in whatever way, and I haven't liked it, but I get on board and vice versa. And it's working for us. And so think about, you know, your toughest relationship that you're working on or one that's maybe not as tough. You can start simple. And think about what it would be like if you were to do that. Because what happens with relationships is if we're willing to create enough safety in our body so that we can see and radically accept ourselves for who we are, then we can continue to create enough safety to let that true self be expressed in the world, which is so beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful things ever. And when we do that, it allows our partners or other people we're in relationships with to see if that's something they want to get on board with or not. We're giving people a chance to make a decision about who we really are. My husband, I've never loved him more than I do right now. Right? Like, I love who he was. I love who he is. I love who he's becoming, you know? And so I'm just on board with all of it. And, and I think it's because... There's something really beautiful and sacred about being in partnerships or relationships with friends too, where you can be you and just be seen and loved as you are, okay? So if you want these little pictures to look at that my amazing assistant put together for you, make sure you click the bottom link of this podcast episode 
and subscribe there. If you're already subscribed to my email list, I don't think it will resubscribe you. So use the same email and you will be able to get a copy of it sent directly to your email inbox. Have a wonderful day. Hey, come and join us in this revolution. Got a crop before we walk this in evolution. So are you ready to become a part of our forever community of trauma-informed coaches? Go to lindsaypullman.com and see if my advanced certification is a fit for you. And we ready to heal this what we pursuing. Coaches change lives, it's what we doing. This the place to be, no need to panic see. We got each other's backs in this healing community. Want to know the facts? It's simple. When we coming together, yeah, we got unity.